Hail you nostalgic carpenters. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This Endorian Life, previously on X-Men, and 90s Music Got Me Like. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we are discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 7, Episode 11, If I Had a Hammer. The episode gets its name from the Pete Seeger Lee Hayes song of the same name, which went on to be a top 10 hit for who, Kendra? Peter, Paul, and Mary? Peter, Paul, and Mary. Correct. Yes, it was a protest song. Oh, I wondered if it was a song lyric because yeah. Yeah. it seemed like a random title. Yeah. All right, let's tune in to CUTV. This year, you can replay each day at five right here on your very own news network, CUTV. This episode first aired on November 27th, 1996. Birthdays, December 6th, Lindsay Price, who plays Janet in the later years, turned 20. One death to mention, November 30th, musician Tiny Tim, best known for Tiptoe Through the Tulips, passed away. <laughs> Tiptoe through the tulips, <laughs> by the... Sorry. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Movies, November 27th, The Crucible, with Daniel Day-Lewis and Winona Ryder. Because it is my name! <laughs> <laughs> I actually just watched that because Eric was quoting it for some reason, and then he like pulled it up, pulled up the scene, and we watched it. But I've never seen the whole movie. But I yeah, love Daniel I, Day Lewis. No, I yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Love Daniel Day Lewis. December sixth, Daylight with Sylvester Stallone and Amy <laughs> Brenneman. I remember seeing this movie in theaters with my dad. It's there's some like catastrophe, and people are caught in like an underground like you know, like an overpass, but like a big underground tunnel. And Sylvester Stallone, like, it goes down and tries to get people out. It's like a classic disaster movie. Fun. So it left an impact. <laughs> TV, November 27th, Power Rangers Zeo, starring Jason Scott Lee, aired its final episode. Okay. You're a big Power Rangers fan? I, You know, I loved those initial, like, the first couple of seasons that I watched, like, when they were on, and I really haven't watched anything in between then and now but i did just recently watch power rangers once and always or once and forever whatever it's called and it was pretty fun it was like it was <laughs> I, like I they just kept rolling it. Yeah, yeah it was uh it was something else i feel like power rangers is kind of like gundam for me where like okay. i loved the original i've seen yeah. some of the sequels but there's so many and it's like what order do you watch them in yep how do they all connect i don't know one day, maybe. I'll watch it all. Music, November 29th, Voices of Love, a compilation from Diana Ross featuring three new tracks, was released in conjunction with her world tour. And it was certified gold in the UK. Ooh. Good for you, Diana. <laughs> Video games, November 30th, Contra, Legacy of War, was released for Sega Saturn and PS1. The first 3D entry in the long-running series. Ooh, I have not played Contra. I have not either. December 3rd, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire was released for Nintendo 64. 
I love some Nintendo 64. I don't know if I've played this one, though. I have played this one. This was like one of the early... I think this is one of the first N64 games that came out, and it was huge. I found it really cumbersome to play, like the controls and aiming and everything was like, <laughs> I found it to be a nightmare. But Shadows of the Empire was such a huge thing, like bridging this gap between movies. And there was like the book, which is fun, and there were comics, and it was like a whole thing on and itself, and this was a big part of it. Cool. All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. All right. In 2021, Anna Lynn McCord, who played Naomi Clark, the antagonist, or maybe the protagonist, depending on your views, uh, in the CW 90210, popped up in the episode of the Arrowverse series Legends of Tomorrow. She played Irma Rose in the Old West set episode Stressed Western. Fun! How far did you get in Legends of Tomorrow? Did you watch it at all? I didn't get super far. Eric has gotten pretty far. Um, He actually really likes that show. He hasn't been back to it in a bit but he was enjoying it. All right, let's look at our synopsis for If I Had a Hammer. Due to his increasingly erratic behavior, Mel and Donna convince David to seek treatment. Meanwhile, Steve gets caught plagiarizing Brandon's paper, and Professor Randall is out for blood. Meanwhile, the gang helps build a house for Willie, and Kelly and Mark go on a Thanksgiving romp. (laughs) It's Thanksgiving shenanigans. That's true. I did some volunteer stuff for Habitat for Humanity in high school. Did you ever do anything of that like that? No, um, I've done you know helping build things before, but yeah. not necessarily with Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, we we worked like specifically with Habitat, and it was just like a wild experience because we're just like you know seventeen, being like, I guess I'm building a house from scratch. <laughs> it was, you know, it was weird, but anyone it was fun. can build a it house. Was good. It was cool to be a part of, you know. All right, Nick, who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode was written by Jason Priestley, which is surprising because it was a not goofy episode. It was not. Usually they're bouncing off the walls when it's a Jason Priestley joint, so I don't know. Uh, Written by John Wepley. Several returning players this time. Dalton James as Mark Reese. Matthew Lawrence as Mel Silver. uh, Nicholas Pryor as Chancellor Arnold. Scott Paulin as Corey Randall. That was a blast from the past. I had to look this up. We haven't seen Corey Randall since season four. Since the Brenda years, it's been for a heaven's sake. It's been a hot minute, for sure. Yeah, he's directed a few episodes since then. And there was one time where he kind of showed up uncredited in a dream sequence. Do you remember that? He was like the <laughs> oh, he was yeah. like a priest. Mar- I don't even remember who he was marrying. Dylan and, Dylan and Valerie, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, we haven't seen him since season four, and he's back. So I was kind of surprised. Uh, Wesley Allen Gullick also as Willie with a pretty prominent role this yes. time. Lots of dialogue and kind of a, you know, Willie's kind of the focus of the B-plot, which was interesting. A couple of final appearances. So long to Carolyn Lagerfeld as Sheila Silver. Uh, this is the final of five episodes she appeared in. Interesting. And yeah, I know it is kind of weird. I don't know if they recast the character. I don't, I don't remember, but I was kind of surprised that she doesn't have any more credits after this. Uh, Greg Daniel back as Dean Whitmore. We haven't seen him since uh, season five. This is the final of his five appearances. So. Oh, because he's doing. He was the one telling Steve. Yeah, that he's he was. Get yeah, he was like on the okay. little panel and stuff. Yep, yep. A few other cast members here. We have Tony Todd as Dr. Julius Tate. Tony Todd, did you recognize him? David's doctor. Yes. He's just, yeah, he's, I mean, you could just go through his IMDb and be like, oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen he's, that. And that, he's, and that, and that. Uh, he's a Candyman, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I think you're right. That's the first thing I, I think thought you're right. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I didn't even write that because the first thing I thought was Star Trek, Kendra. Of course. Because he's had many Star Trek roles. Most notably, he plays Kern, both in Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, plus roles in Voyager and video games like Klingon Honor Guard, Star Trek Elite Force 2, and Star Trek Online. Fun. And I guess Candyman or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> Tom Jordan is the ER doc. And he has a pretty pretty long history of playing doctors. A few examples would be he played doctors on Third Rock from the Sun, Seven Days, Sunset Beach, and The Young and the Restless. So I guess he just brings that doctor energy, you know? Yeah. You know why I think Candyman immediately? Because when we were able to go back to theaters after the pandemic, uh-huh. um, we were basically seeing the same like five trailers for oh, yeah. months and months and months <laughs> because yeah. everything had been delayed and stuff. And Candyman, the new or Candy yep. Man was one of them. <laughs> and so I've seen that trailer, I want to say, a hundred times. Wow. Hated it That's every single time. That's a yeah. lot. Candyman, the, you know, OG Candyman, which I never saw and was only vaguely aware of, really freaked me out as a child. Yeah. Well, it's scary. Shall we get into this episode? I think it's best that we do. We start at the student union where David and Donna are chatting. She says he looks terrible. And he says, well, it's because I was, you know, up all night studying for this midterm or final or whatever. David suddenly has good hair, I will say, though. Yeah, it is it nice It sort of hair. went from just like a buzz cut to a little bit of like zhuzh, and yeah. I liked it. <laughs> she really thinks that David needs to go see a doctor but he's like, oh, our schedules haven't lined up. I just haven't. I don't need a doctor. I just need sleep. <laughs> and she acts in this scene how I feel you should not act when someone is struggling with their mental health. Yeah. She says a lot of things like, why are you acting so erratic? Why are yeah. you being crazy? Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like she mixed up the list of things to say and things not to say. Yeah. <laughs> and was reading from the wrong one because she really. Yeah. Yeah, so she kind of, you know, leaves the table angry, which sets David off and he throws his books and yells after her. And then he takes his hand and he swipes it across the table. And I guess he had like a glass. Yeah. Like cup or bottle or something. Yeah, fine dining in the in the mess hall here. Um, So he makes a scene and in the process, yeah. he really cuts his hand mm-hmm. open um, from hitting this glass. So which he... He backhanded the glass, but his palm is cut. I don't right. know if that makes sense. Yeah. Whatever. So it's all, it's physics, Kendra. You know, you just <laughs> never know. At the Peach Pit, Nat and Val and Brandon are there. And Val and Brandon are like doing their Thanksgiving play. And Val doesn't really want to do the big Thanksgiving at the Walsh house. But Brandon's like, oh, we have to. It'll yeah, be it's fun. Tr- Everybody will be there. Yeah. He makes, Brandon makes a joke like, Mark will be there. Maybe you should sit between Kelly and Mark and start some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, would be a very Valerie thing to do. And then, so Nat says that Willie has been saving money for his niece and nephew's college fund. I don't know how that connects to the, the house, but also yeah. he's getting a Habitat for Humanity house, but they have, but they need volunteers to help build it. Yeah. And no, so, I couldn't quite stitch those two things together either, but they did say them. He's uh, like, yeah. he's been saving money, but it's not enough. So now he's getting this house. And I was like, I don't, okay, whatever. Um, but anyway, Valerie and Brandon volunteer to help. At the hospital, Mel and Donna are in the waiting room while David is getting stitched up. 
And Mel's says, you know, he's showing all the symptoms that Sheila showed. Like, I've been down this road before. I know how this is going to work and what's going to happen. And he's very, you know, they're both very worried. The doctor says that they were able to stitch him up and there's no, you know, it was a deep cut, but no nerve or tendon damage. So that's good news. But apparently David has been very unruly with the staff. And so standard procedure, I guess, they're having a psychologist evaluate him. Uh I mean, to the point where he's like, is he on drugs? Yeah, yeah. Um, So I guess, you know, he's being enough that they would call a psychologist. Right. Yeah. So the psychologist, Candyman, is uh, Dr. Tate. Is that his name? (laughs) Yes, Julius Tate. Julius Tate. And he is trying to speak with David, but David is being, you know, he doesn't want to talk. He just wants to get out of there. He's being very, very curt. And so they're just kind of, you know, arguing back and forth. And Dr. Tate's trying to get him to to talk to him without much success. We go to um, a hearing. Steve is in front of a, a panel. Yeah, it looked like the dean, a professor, and like a child. It was <laughs> weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, what's she doing there? And he doesn't know why he's there, which I feel like he yeah, come would on, be fully Steve. informed come on. why he's there. But anyway, they're like, hey, here's your term paper. Here's Brandon's term paper. They're pretty much exactly the same. You're plagiarizing. Yeah. Uh, and you're kicked out. You're going to get expelled. Which yeah, I do feel like I do feel like that's pretty accurate, though. I feel like I most so colleges too. take plagiarism very, very seriously. Well, I mean, it wasn't like he kind of rewrote a paper. You know, he just like did a find and replace, yeah. and that was it. You know, so like <laughs> on like just bad. the name too. It's he didn't change bad. anything else. Yeah, right. I know. So stupid. We learn that the professor that brought these charges is Professor Randall. He's right. back, baby. And if yeah. uh, listeners, if you've forgotten, this is Lucinda's husband. So Brandon was <laughs> having an affair with his wife. With his wife, and yes. And then he, Brandon also thought that he was favoring yeah, sport athletes right. and giving them a pass. Right. And all this because Corey had asked Brandon to tutor Deshaun. And then it was kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter because it'll be yeah. fine, you know? Yeah. But then I don't know if we really get into it at all but steve and Corey randall have the bad blood Didn't too because steve steal a baseball from yes him or something? steve stole the baseball from randall's office and brandon had to really like go to the mats for him and I, that really didn't get a call back which i thought was odd yeah you know i think they sort of vaguely brandon's kind of listing things and i think something like that is in there but i feel like they really steve focus has... on the beef yes. between brandon and, and randall. yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah it was odd well a lot of history there Oh, yeah. So Steve, you know, is shocked to hear that they they want to expel him when he has a month and a half left of classes. I mean, he's right at the end. And so they say, you know, you can write a statement. You can appear at this hearing. It's not looking good, though. At the union, Kelly and Mark are going to go out of town. They're going to Santa Barbara, I think, yeah. or something like For, that. Like, his For Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. Oh, are they going for him? I thought they were just like going away for the Oh, are they just? The break. Oh, okay. I don't know. Because why plot, wouldn't they like, stay whatever. with okay. his family? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's Kelly and Brandon are the ones discussing it because then yes. they see Professor Randall in the union and yeah. they have this like weird exchange 
with him where he's like cordial, but he's also kind of like Brandon doesn't know about the whole Steve thing. So it feels like he's kind of like dropping these hints. He's like, oh, you were my best and brightest. And yeah, yeah. What a what an impact all of your papers left on me. (laughs) Uh huh. Uh huh. And he he also to Kelly. He's like, boy, I remember you because you had a class with my ex-wife. Yeah. (laughs) Lucinda, you know, so we get a little drop there. I got to tell you, Kendra, this whole episode was such a throwback to me. This was like a script that's been sitting around since season four. (laughs) And we're just getting around to it. And it made me miss the show like the college era show that I that it felt like we were going to get for like 10 episodes. And then they were just like, eh. It's been a while college. since we've had like a college related plot I know. that had to do yeah. with any of the classes they're taking. I know. Besides, yeah. besides the studio and the paper. Yep. Um, yep. It's, been, it's been a while for sure. Do you remember how in Smallville, Clark goes to college for like three episodes and then they're just like, we're never going to talk about that again. <laughs> Yeah, and he or, has a thing, and he has a thing with his professor who yeah. like takes him under his wing. And, oh yeah, 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 and yeah. then it just drops completely, and he's a major reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper. It's yeah, fine. That's you don't need works. a degree in journalism to do that, Kendra. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, after Randall walks away, Kelly's like, "That was weird. Yeah. What a weird interaction that was." Yeah. Yep. At the hospital. Dr. Tate is now talking with Mel and Donna and saying, you know, he's not cooperating. He's not talking to me at all. We're, we're, we're worried about him. So we think he should be placed on a 72-hour hold for a psychiatric yeah. evaluation. Mm-hmm. And Mel, you know, they're both kind of like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. is there any outpatient anything he can do? But Dr. Tate is like, we really think he... He needs this. So Mel agrees to let him stay for, for 72 hours. Mel says, you know, oh, I've got to get back to work. I need to call Sheila. And Donna says she'll stay at the mm-hmm. hospital and kind of, you know, be there just in case David needs her or something happens. At Kelly Donna Claire's, Brandon is on the phone. No, someone someone is talking to Brandon. Is it Claire? Claire's talking to Brandon on the phone about the Habitat House and coming to volunteer yeah. for that. We've we got a couple of Brandon Claire scenes. And again, I was like, geez, those <laughs> two haven't spoken since like she was handcuffing herself to every bed he was near. <laughs> uh, she was so young then. I know. We all make mistakes. So Claire, you know, um, volunteers, she and Steve, to volunteer. Yes. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> Steve arrives and is, you know, freaking out about his situation, tells Claire what he did. And Claire, you know, it's just another, oh, Steve, what the heck? What's wrong with you? She says, I gave up a prince and a Phi Beta Kappa for a common criminal. (laughs) I wonder how often she she throws that in his face that she gave up a prince for him. (laughs) And she's like, why? Like, you're at the end. You're yeah. about to graduate. Why would you do yeah. this? And it is a really stupid thing. But again, sort of in character for Steve, you know. I mean, it's who's very in character. Been regressing the last couple episodes. So Steve wants Claire to call her father, the chancellor, yeah. and get him to step in, but she refuses. She yeah. says, "We're going to volunteer at the Habitat House and you're going to tell Brandon what's going on before he hears it from somebody else because yep. he's, you know, probably going to get in trouble too." Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that, like, 
I don't know. I feel like in a real life scenario, Claire would be like, okay, we're just going to call this. This yeah. is this is done. We're done. No, yeah. no, thank you. It's just you know, one thing after bad. another. Yeah, this is pretty bad. <laughs> At the Habitat house, it's um, it's in the very early stages. I thought, I thought Nat kind of made it sound like they just needed help with the finishing touches, but it is like, it's an open house. Um, and everyone is there to help except Kelly. Kelly, yeah. I forget what she's doing. But she's Mark, with Mark. She's out no, with Mark. No, Mark is there. Oh, right. Because yeah, Mark's like, sorry, Kelly couldn't I, be here. You're right. I don't remember either. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know why she's there. Okay. Steve and Claire arrive. Claire in just the best outfit you could possibly wear sure, to sure. work construction. Yeah. When I hear construction, I think, get an outfit like that. <laughs> So Steve and Brandon start working on the house and Steve, you know, in his classic whiny Steve voice tells Brandon uh-huh. what happened. And Brandon is very upset. He's like, what do you think's going to happen to me? Like, yeah. Randall hates me. I, mm-hmm. you know, had an affair with his wife and I got him in trouble and all this stuff. And he says, you know, it's payback time and you you just gave him the ammunition. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Brandon-Steve relationship, I mean, how many times are we going to do this, you know, yeah. when Brandon's going to keep being like, ah, you knucklehead. <laughs> I can't stay mad at you. You plagiarizing SOB. I mean, they're almost out of college, so surely, I, I mean, what shenanigans can they get up to after I don't college? know. Back in the hospital, um, I I was really expecting us to have very, like, dramatic Steve, David trying to, like, break out of the hospital scenes. Yeah. But he's very calm throughout the yes. whole process. Yeah. Um, Dr. Tate brings him some clothes. Um, he is refusing to take any medication. They're trying right. to, like, give him a mild sedative to calm him down. He doesn't want to take any of that. Um, and basically, he and Dr. Tate talk about, like, you know, if you, if you want to make the next 72 hours a waste... That's your decision, but you know you're here, so yeah. maybe let's let's work on some things while you're here. Yeah, David is. I don't know. He, do you think he has any awareness at this point? Like, have we seen any like hesitation in David? I don't really. I don't really think so. What do you mean? Well, like in past episodes, I don't think he's had like a moment where he's like, "Oh, that was that was weird. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that." You know what I mean? I yeah. think he's just been kind of like escalating. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I think at this point he's still like, you know, I don't need to be here. I'm, nothing I've done is is wrong. Even though in the last episode he was very like, what I did was wrong and I'm super embarrassed. Yeah. So Dr. Tate goes back out to the waiting area and he's surprised that Donna is still there. So he and Donna sit and talk about, you know, Donna tells him about going to find Sheila in Portland and how mm. traumatizing it was when they found yeah. her. And Dr. Tate says, you know, David doesn't know how lucky he is to have someone like you in his life, which is true. For sure. Although I, I guess, uh, I guess no David Valerie 2.0. I guess that's just, yeah. a, just a flash <laughs> in the pan. Okay. We're done. I was kind of here for it, but whatever. I mean, I guess he's still invested in her club if he has true. any money that's left. That's true. Yeah. All right. Kelly and Mark are on the road. And unfortunately, Kelly called to make a reservation and the guy called her back to confirm. So she thought we're good. 
but apparently she needed to call him back to confirm that he confirmed. Oh. So basically they have no... Of course. There's no room available at this swanky ranch that they wanted to stay at. You can't not confirm the confirmation of your first confirmation. Yeah, that's that's rule number one. that That is booking hotels 101. So, but Mark is like, you know, we'll find something. It doesn't matter that it's Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. Everything's going to be What a whimsical bugs. guy. We'll find what a, something. What a fun, whimsical guy. Destiny is taking the reins, he That's says. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Beautiful. At the student union, we learn that Brandon is being charged with collusion. Wow. So I don't know if he'll get suspended or expelled for that, but yeah. that's, that's what he's being charged with. So that's no good. I just, I have a little trouble. I know that Corey Randall's like out for blood or whatever, but like... Brandon's record on campus, like he was the student body president, like he's he's just this like stellar student with like a golden reputation and his roommate steals a paper. Why nobody in this situation would kind of be like, should we maybe <laughs> take a minute and consider? <laughs> I just feel like it's a, it's an obvious, like what happened could obviously happen. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know why they would jump right to, yeah. Brandon's willing to risk it all for Steve to steal a term paper. It's the 90s. You have one computer That's in it. the kitchen. Yeah. Anyone could look up yeah. his term paper. Yeah. So this is a this is another Claire Brandon scene. They're just chilling in the studio. Yeah. I liked it. I and, liked it. I mean, Claire is just kind of like, you know, shake my head. What are we going to do with Steve? Yeah. Yeah. But she thinks that he needs to, you know, kind of head off whatever is coming before Steve... Whatever plan Steve has before he yeah. tries to do it, Brandon should like get in there and try and plead his case. So yeah. Brandon goes to talk to the dean. I Me- wonder why, like up to this point, they never really explored the whole Claire Brandon thing. I just feel like there's a lot of relationships like up to this point that were really interesting. Like I will never get over that we never tried Steve Andrea, for example. Yeah. And I just feel like Claire Brandon, after all of that, to sort of take some time and settle back into it would would have been interesting. You know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm fully, I'm still, like, even with all the stupid stuff, I'm still team Steve and Claire. Steve, Steve um, Claire, yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So meanwhile, at the chancellor's office, Steve is there trying to, to plead his case. And chancellor's pretty much like, look, you, you done messed up, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I don't get involved in disciplinary matters. Yep. You know, just because you're dating my daughter, that doesn't give you diplomatic immunity. So e- even for Brandon, like he's like, Brandon is the most upstanding citizen I uh-huh. know, but I can't yep. help you. <laughs> yep. He says he should have copied Brandon's integrity instead of his term paper. Wise words from yep. Chancellor Milton Arnold. Yeah. Back at the hospital, it's the next day and Dr. Tate and David are having a session and they're, you know, talking about his life recently, about, you know, his mom and then getting dropped by the studio, his grandfather dying and then getting this inheritance. Dr. Tate brings up, you know, your mother is a manic depressive, so it seems like you have inherited some of these traits. And David's argument is like you know if you got all this money you're telling me you wouldn't right you know go spend a bunch of money stuff yeah um i mean he's making some good points but dr tate is as well he says you know yourself you're self-medicating is what this is called and you know you have a lot of people that care about you and you're not alone 
in this. I don't know. I mean, I I think it's it's a good scene. I think there's some good stuff in there, but also I feel like it doesn't go deep enough into yeah. the real issue. Yeah, into like what's going on. Yeah. Because other than his mom is also a manic depressive, it still just feels like this whole thing has come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, and wow. maybe, yeah. and I don't know how these things manifest themselves in reality, but it just feels like, I don't know. It feels like not enough happened to really trigger this. And like, why now is this all coming? I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. No, I I get what you're saying. And I think it's just kind of like the narrative structure of the series so far, like David's transition from like the gawky younger one, who's like trying to be one of the cool kids to just like being one of the cool kids. We've seen a lot of like, ups and downs like david really has been all over the map and like that could kind of play into this but i think the problem is they've spent the last like up until the stuff with like donna and him and the recording contract they spent like a good long chunk of time rehabilitating david and making him the most stable like the most responsible character and now they're just kind of like we'll forget all that we'll go back to what's before so i think if you like excise the season where David is level-headed, it does make sense. But, like, here's where we're at. You know what <laughs> I, I mean? Know. Like, like, you can't we, do it. If we had gone straight from his uh, meth addiction or whatever yes. it was yeah. to, to this, like, that yeah. would make more sense. But Yeah. I mean, have this come at the phase out of his, like, music career where he gets kicked off the Babyface tour and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that makes a little bit more sense. But he's just been solid as a rock. And now he's just <laughs> kind of like, woo! You yeah. know, so I don't know. But you're right. I mean, maybe that's... Maybe this is just, just how it goes. I, I really don't know. But following his character through line is a little jarring. Yeah. Back on the road, Kelly and Mark are pulled over at a payphone, and they're both on the phone trying to find a room. They're having zero luck. Yeah. Mark says he has made a reservation at a four-star restaurant. How he managed to do that, Yeah. Kelly doesn't know. And he's like, listen, let's just go to this swanky hotel I know and just, like, use the hotel. Yeah. (laughs) We just walk in like we own the place. What Mm -hmm. are they going to do? Yep. So I guess that's their plan now. I don't know where they're going to stay the night, but. Right. They're going to have fun during the day. Professor Randall is coming out of his office and Brandon meets up with him and tries to plead his case. But Randall really is not interested in in hearing what Brandon has to say. And yeah. and so Brandon's like, look, I know I had an affair with your wife. <laughs> Listen, the mistakes have been made here. <laughs> and as soon as he brings up Lucinda, Randall's like, how dare you? This has nothing to do with your affair with my wife. <laughs> That's right. That's completely beside the point, Kendra. <laughs> And he says, as far as he's concerned, Brandon is guilty until proven innocent. So here's the problem, Kendra. Brandon is being targeted, but the only option that he has is to go and go to like the chancellor and the dean and be like, he's just mad at me because I slept with his wife a bunch of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a, so he can't do it. He it's a real catch 22. T- <laughs> it is. Like Brandon has put himself in a terrible position here and now it's come back to, you know, bite him. Back at the Habitat house... Nat, Claire, and Val are, you know, filling each other in about David and how he's doing. And then Valerie and Claire, their job is to take the level and check that, like, the windows are all level. 
Um, and Valerie knows how to do this because her dad was a contractor. And, yeah. so she, you know, she she talks, you know, kind of warmly about her dad. But then she mentions that he committed suicide, which mm-hmm. Claire didn't know, I guess. I would think she would have known that by this point. But I she... mean, Claire wasn't really part of the gang when Valerie first showed up. And that was kind of making the rounds, you know. Yeah. So I, I get Claire not knowing it. Yeah. And then, you know, Claire says, well... I know what it's like to to lose a parent. So right. they 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 bond, I guess, for a minute about that. Yeah. Back at the four star restaurant or five star restaurant that Kelly and Mark are at, uh, Mark's comes back to the table, says he got them a room at a motel. Ooh. It's a best nest motel. <laughs> and they are they're eating like all this very decadent food. They have like yes. you know lobster, and then what does he have her try? Is it caviar? That I he think has so. Her try? I it's think some it is. sort of eggs. Yeah, yeah. Eggs of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she tries it, and it's like, oh yeah. That's a pass. It's... That's a pass. To get uh, to get the reservation, he says that he's uh, Ronald Reagan Jr. <laughs> Which I think is funny because he actually does kind of look like Ron Reagan, which yeah, is funny. I could see so, that. So, you know. <laughs> Back at the hospital, David is having a nightmare and he's kind of reliving the scene of them finding his mom. This There's another throwback, though. This is another thing that makes it feel like an old school episode because it remember does. we used to have like Andrea walking tightropes like every other episode, Brenda yep. being in like Vietnam, and here we have David. <laughs> the classic dream sequence. Yeah, this one felt, I, I don't know, it felt a little different than the other ones. Like, it felt more clear, I guess. It wasn't yeah. this, like, hazy, yeah. whatever. It was it was very clear, and he is, like, pouring down rain. Yeah. And, you know, she, he's looking for his mother amongst the homeless people. But then when he, like, touches his mom on the shoulder, it's actually him <sighs> who's homeless. Like Luke and Vader and Dagobah, you know, yes, yes. exactly like exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, this is this is a much more like straightforward kind of dream. Yes. You know, like this this seems like a dream someone might have yeah. <laughs> versus whatever was happening with Dylan and Jack McKay in the yeah. sewers. <laughs> exactly. So he wakes up and he calls for for Doctor Tate. Um, later, we see that Donna is sleeping at the hospital, and Sheila arrives and wakes her up, and they, you know hug and and talk about you know sheila's feeling very guilty that she's passed this on to him but donna is comforting to her and you know says you know you're here you love him and that's what matters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so sheila says she's gonna stay so that donna can go home and get some sleep at the walsh house brandon is moving the computer back upstairs steve is not allowed (laughs) to use the computer no way it's gone and he he's still I mean he's super mad at Steve. He's like, yeah. what kind of friend are you? What have like yeah. what have you done to me? All this that I've been working towards is yeah. just like down the toilet. At some point, I don't know if it's here or earlier or maybe even later, but Brandon makes the point of like, you took something from me, like you stole something that was mine. And I just felt like that was a really I don't know, that one kind of hit me. I was like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's rough stuff, you know? Because yeah. I think especially because it's Steve and Brandon, it's kind of like, oh, classic Steve stealing a paper. But, like, Brandon really takes it like a true betrayal, you know? Yeah. And the way he describes it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. At the motel, it's silky pajamas all around. They're both in yeah. this, like, full, full length. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> silky pajamas. For sure. 
And he is, you know, rubbing her shoulders and saying, you know, imagine you're at that ranch that we were going to go to and it's really great. But all of a sudden, Kelly is feeling hot and then her stomach starts feeling bad. She runs to the bathroom. Uh-oh. That five-star restaurant gave them food poisoning. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. For a minute there, I was like, are we doing a pregnancy scare? What are we doing here? Oh, uh, no, but, I but didn't even have a, think that. But I don't think they've gone the distance yet, right? She no, bought them the sheets, but not. I don't think they've <laughs> broken them in, if you yeah, know what I mean. No. And this uh, was maybe supposed to be the night, but uh, oh, yeah, clearly not been. now that they both have food could poisoning. Could have been. Oh, Kendra... I had food poisoning recently, like in the last couple of months, and I was like, Lord, just take me. Take me home. Yep. It was awful. Yep. It was awful. I've had oh, food poisoning once, and yeah. it was crazy because we, my family, we were um, somewhere for my dad's like graduation for with his doctorate or whatever, and he, um, so we went to the same restaurant twice. Like we went before his graduation and then we went back because we loved it so much. I got the same meal. And after the second time, I pretty much immediately had food poisoning. Yeah. And it was, it's just, it's awful. Having it one bathroom for the two of them Ooh. when they have food poisoning, yeah. I, how would they do that? I don't do know that? how you do it. I don't know how, how would they live. do that? No way. It's no impossible. Way. It's, it it's, is impossible. It's definitely... I'm, <laughs> I am like comically susceptible to fevers too. And so like my fever, my eye temperature gets to like 99 and I'm like hallucinating and like rolling <laughs> on the ground. So it was not, my poor wife, I mean, it was like harder on her than it was on me. And my entire body was trying to get out. So <laughs> whew, I don't know if stuff. I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but the last time we were recording, I was not feeling well. Yeah. And then literally the next day I was bedridden for multiple yeah. days. And I actually had a fever. Like, I don't normally, like, even when I'm sick, I'm like, oh, do I have a fever? But it's like, you know, 99. And then I went to urgent care after three days of being sick. And I still had 106 fever. That's crazy. I, <laughs> I know. That, that would it have was. been the end of me. Everyone that was the have. sickest I've been. Last week was the sickest I've been That's in a stuff. very long time. I uh... <laughs> I inadvertently, back in 2020, recorded a couple episodes of How's Things. The first one, I did not know that I had COVID. And the second one, I did, but I was like, I'm okay. And later, I went back to edit those, and I was like, yeesh, <laughs> this man is insane. <laughs> a lot of that episode's on the cutting room floor, Kendra. Uh, okay, so the next morning, <laughs> they're both recovered. I, I mean, they're still, like, feeling pretty sick, but yeah. I'm telling you, it's not how you would feel if you mm -mm. had food poisoning mm -hmm. the night before but no. they're just kind of you know laying there and they've got cold rags on their heads and yeah. they're kind of laughing about like wow we were great to each other last night like you were awesome getting me to the bathroom so i could poop like it was great um super romantic and they kind of think about like maybe like could we go and make it back to have thanksgiving with the walshes but then they decide no let's just hang out in this crappy motel and feel sick all day oh yeah. so that's kind of nice i keep waiting for the the hammer to drop yeah. with yeah. mark but i mean yeah. once you've been sick with someone i feel like that's yeah. that takes you to that's another, a bonding that's that a takes bonding you to moment another yeah <laughs> yeah you know i realized i think the last time we saw sheila silver was in the last year's uh, thanksgiving episode where she and yes. Valerie were fighting over how to cook the turkey. So yeah. here she is. It's a, it's a tradition. Back at the hospital, they let Sheila come in to visit David in his room. And 
he's very happy to see her. And they, you know, they hug and she's telling him, you know, maybe this is a blessing in disguise that this happened and you're yeah. able to to come in and, and get some help. Yeah. And she basically is like, you know, I understand what the ride feels like. Like mm-hmm. it's the highest high you can feel. It feels amazing. Yeah. yeah. But, but you're going to end up back here if you don't right. listen to the doctors and take hold of this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he takes it to heart, what she says. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think he seems to get that they've, like, caught it in a moment before he hit the point of no return, you know? Yes. All right. The last scene is back at the Habitat house. Still no walls. No. No, no ceiling. No roof. But they are all going to have Thanksgiving dinner um, in the middle of this house that they're building. So they've Beautiful. set up the table and Symbolic. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Willie is at the head of the table and they're welcoming him home and he yeah. thanks everyone for being there. Steve and Brandon are still mad at each or Brandon's still mad at Steve, but the girls say, Can't we call a truce for Thanksgiving? It's the holidays, yeah. guys. It's the holidays. So Brandon's like, All right, fine, cheers, Steve. David arrives and Everyone's very happy to see him. Donna has him sit next to her and Mm -hmm. he tells her, I still don't know why you want anything to do with me, but you know, I love you. And she loves him too. He says, I'm not, he says, I'm not crazy, but I'm crazy about you. Ah, both can be true. It was one of those kisses though. As we know in this show, people kiss each other on the mouth all the time. On the mouth. Straight on the mouth. It was one of those kisses where I was like, is it a friendship kiss or Mm. a more than friendship kiss? That seemed I uh, I, I, I felt like there was some, the there was some friendship tongue involved, so I think that's even rarer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. I kind of think we're back on, but we'll see. We'll yep. see. The last line of the it, it, they're like zooming out, so we get this like aerial view of them at the table. But the last line made me laugh. It's Brandon. He says, "This is just like Thanksgiving at my place, only without a roof." <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Hey, I'm sorry I said friendship tongue. I just I don't. <laughs> I don't think anybody needs to hear that. So <laughs> it exists, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's, Kendra that's Verdict, what did you think? What did you think? Oh, you know, um, fine. Uh, yeah. Sometimes holiday episodes can be too zany. Yeah. This this was not zany. It I wasn't. Don't think. No, um, could have used a little zaniness. I mean, I guess Kelly yeah. and Mark were the zany. And puking their hearts out was probably the zany bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked it just because it. It felt like a, a throwback to season four, you know, it like it really like the Claire Steve, like referencing Lucinda, having Corey Randall and the Dean back, like having anything involving a college course. Like, I don't know. I, for that, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I I was not opposed to it. And it was nice. You know, Valerie is back hanging out with the group. And, yeah. Finally. Um, not doing anything crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just helping. Yeah. Just being helpful. Yeah. I know. So, God bless yeah. her. Yeah. 90210 snap. There's not really an obvious one here. What yeah, was your highest drama moment? I guess I'll give it to David hitting the the glass and cutting his yeah. hand open. I yeah, think that was the most dramatic moment. I suppose nothing quite fits my criteria for that, so I will just uh, I'll say that 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 is mine as well. All right. Okay. Well, Kendra. You know where you can catch me every other week. It's The Sindorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. Our next episode, Kendra, we're starting the droids cartoon. It's happening. It's finally happening. So I'm <laughs> And is excited. that on Disney Plus? It is on Disney Plus. It's Excellent. part of the uh, Star Wars vintage collection. So cool. yeah, it's a new era. It's a bold new era. So 
if you know you've hated the Ewoks all this time and that's kept you from listening to this Andorian life, well, <laughs> good news. We're talking about some droids this time, baby. Baby. Uh, over on But Have You Tried, we're going to talk about Jane Austen. So I had to read Pride and Prejudice and stuff. So Excellent. You know, I don't think I've read Pride and Prejudice. I've read Persuasion. Well, I can't say that anymore. I've definitely... <laughs> I'd read Northern Abbey. That's it. I read I that for a book club at the library. I think I've only read Persuasion randomly. Okay. Did you like it? Know. I did like it. I mean, okay. it's definitely... What you think of Jane Austen, I think, is what Jane Austen is. Like, if you go into a Jane Austen for the first time. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I also watched the Anna Taylor-Joy version of Emma. Is it good? uh, That's been on my uh, list for a while. I can't. You have to listen. I can't tell you. You have to go listen to But Have You Tried. That's the whole thing. All right. What about you? What about you? I just We just had a new episode of 90s Music. I'm loving it. We're back in Yes. Back in the zone. (laughs) The annoying thing was that we had several in the tank. But yeah. I was too sick to edit them. Yeah. Because as I said, I was bedridden. So you were bedridden, sure. Um, so, but yes, I am also the co-host of the podcast, 90s Music Got Me Like, where we talk about a different 90s song every week. And most recently, we talked about I Will Buy You a New Life by Everclear. And coming up, we have Everybody Dance Now by CNC Music Factory. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, All right. Good, Still good no Nirvana, but that's fine. That's fine. We'll get there. You know, you do you. You do you. <laughs> All right. Well, you can join us next week as we continue our dive into season seven with episode 12, Judgment Day. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. 902 and here we go.